Look, if you don't want to make that change within yourself, it's not going to get better. This might not apply to everybody, but if you feel like you're rock bottom, okay, and you're hoping for a better day, but you literally are doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, that's the definition of insanity. You are provided with a choice every day. You are provided with multiple choices throughout the entire day. Take that choice, make that change. You've identified a problem. You're saying you're rock bottom. Got it, you're there now. There's only one way and it's up. So change your mindset, use that choice and go a freaking different direction. Love y'all, Faceman VTT out. Day three of retirement. As an infantryman, I was asked if I could clean the sink. So let's look at this. Definitely some kind of grime on there. And I open up the cabinet. What do I use? Nothing comes to mind. Like my experience is my skill set. Nothing. Wait a minute. Everyone knows this is how you clean everything. Imagery retired. Just take a second. Would you like a military discount? Uh, oh, do you offer one? Honestly, oh, cap of the day. CC's Pizza is the county fair of restaurants. You go in there, you look around, you feel a little bit better about yourself, then you realize that you're in there too. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, let's be honest. You know, not everybody's made for this life. It's scary. You know, you gotta jump out of a plane while it's moving. That's not natural. It's high, it's, it's fucking wet outside sometimes. It's snowy, it's hot, it's dry, it's shitty. Who the fuck would wanna be airborne? Best job, fucking, best job I ever had. This is the Veteran Trash Talk Hour, hosted by Nick, Dave, and Buddy. Real warriors making fun of other real warriors. Try to not get triggered. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Happy Saturday. Welcome to episode 121 of the Trash Talk Hour. Special guest today is Matt from Next18. And as usual, I'm here with Buddy and Nick. Happy Saturday. Yo, 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 what's up? 
What's going on, Trash Talkers? Okay. What are you guys doing How's today? Yeah. Great. Up, Rob? Like I said, I, I'm just uh, I'm just on a little high right now that my daughter won her track event, you know, about 60% while throwing up on the last lap, letting someone pass her, taking the puke and throwing it down and then kicking it in the gear. She ran like a paratrooper. Proud, proud dad moment, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's so that's good stuff. But hey, there's there's women behind you. That video needs to end up on yeah, social media. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I think that sucker would go viral. Where are you, buddy? Tell tell the viewers today where you I are. Am, uh, I am I'm at the Luke Holmes concert in Nashville, tailgating. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So yes, there are there are women behind uh, me. Yeah. And yeah. around uh, all over the place. I can't wait for the news talk. <laughs> well, you're, not in, you're, you're not intoxicated yet, so that's good. You got that cordial with you? Uh, no. That was just <laughs> a book. I, I would. I got Coors Light. Cause the oh, Coors Light. No, man, I turned turn into a girl now. <laughs> yeah, marked safe from being triggered by uh, you know beer can. Anyway, uh, scientifically speaking, yeah. if you drink uh, a six pack of Bud Light straight, your penis falls off like a leper. Everybody it does, does anyway. So that's. I mean, that, they're actually targeting the right demographic. Yeah. So I think so. But anyway, trash talkers, thanks everybody for tuning in. I see Rob just sent us some stars in the chat. Thank you, Rob. Uh, today we are going to talk about the Sung Dung Cave in Vietnam. All right. Yeah, I know, Nick. I know. So I uh, did my research on this conspiracy. I actually uh, looked it up yesterday and uh, I, I put some photos. I sent some photos of Chris. I know he put the photos up of, of the cave. So Basically, back in 1991, in the Havens province in Vietnam, this logger named Hakan discovered a mysterious entrance to a mountain cave that was uh, obscured by dense jungle, overgrowth, and all this stuff. Um, he kind of wanted to check it out, uh, but the cliffs leading down to the entrance of this cave were too steep, so he couldn't really explore anything any further. Uh, he took note of the cave, reported to the authorities and everything, let everybody know about this mysterious cave out there. And uh, nearly two decades later, a British, uh, British research team came to explore the cave. Uh, they basically discovered that it's the largest underground chamber on the planet. Okay. The cave in itself is 40 stories high, runs about six miles long, has its own ecosystem with flowing water, plants, ancient forests, all kinds of stuff, basically. Uh, it's basically like an entire world in this cave. Okay. Uh, they estimated to be roughly three million million years old and uh this is where it gets a little weird all right so according to area residents the weirdest thing about this cave are these creatures that live in it okay so a lot of people describe these reptilian creatures that are seen coming out of this cave all right um they're like reptilian humanoids all right so they walk upright they're not like reptiles you know like i don't know, like lizard people they're reptilians okay um and they describe these coming out of this cave like nonstop lights in the sky, uh, UFOs that fly by this cave and then like disappear, like almost like they're flying through the wall, but they're like suddenly in the cave. I don't know. Just all kinds of weird stuff. OK, uh, there's also countless encounters during the Vietnam War of uh, Vietnamese soldiers and U.S. soldiers describing lizard people on the battlefield. OK. I didn't do too much research into that. Um, the article that I read, they spoke to two soldiers that described these lizard people walking around. All right. Is that your turn yet, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> Get your pen ready, buddy. Oh, you don't have a pen today. 
<laughs> so these types of caves actually exist all over the world. And uh, often local residents are describing the same thing. Lizard people, some actually describe gray aliens, okay, like the famous gray aliens where people, you know, talk about being abducted, all that good stuff. Uh, in Peru, there's actually a large cave that uh, had reptilians as well. But then the government shut the cave down, sealed all the entrances to this cave, like you guys can Google this, and said it was too dangerous to explore. And this cave to this day is still sealed. No clue what's going on there, but uh, reptilians were seen at that cave as well. Again, other caves around the world describe the same thing. So if you look at the Kabbalistic tradition, all right, they talk about the seraphims who were the inner world people. All right, they basically lived in the inner world. Um, and I guess the biggest question is like, what's going on here? All right, is it aliens? Is it UFOs that, you know, actually aren't coming from somewhere up in the skies, all right, that they actually live on Earth or in this inner world? Is it obviously not a Bigfoot, but is it some sort of an animal, you know, a, a monster? Um, like, what's going on? What, what are these people seeing by these caves? So me personally, I would definitely say that there might be some UFO activity going on, okay? <laughs> I can't deny that. Can't deny that. All right. The fly, the lights in the skies and stuff. And obviously UFOs have been seen flying into these caves and everything. Um, so I would definitely say maybe some UFO activity, not too sure on the reptilian, you know, humanoid, whatever, walking around exiting these caves. That seems a little weird. Um, and that's. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. But it's not your turn get, yet. I can't, I can't stop. <laughs> okay. Point. Okay. So what you're saying is the UFOs. Yeah. SOP, normal operating, we're just nothing. But reptile people, that's where I draw the fucking line. Like, we're not I agree, I agree. That's where I'm with you, buddy. And it's going to be your turn after the guests. You know, like I, I say that. I was just making sure that's what you said. Yes, that is absolutely what I'm saying. I think the reptilian clarification far fetched, buddy. And, 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 you know, if I, if I misspoke, thank you for correcting me. Um, I do essentially think that the UFOs might have something to do and UFOs might be flying into these caves and whatever, but I personally don't think there's reptilian humanoids walking out of this cave, but that's my take UFOs. Yes. There might be some crazy activity going on and that's about it. Our guest, what is your take on everything that I just spoke about? <laughs> I've been pretty fascinated by like the whole James Webb telescope and everything. And uh -huh. I think uh, just, you know, even recently, a lot of stuff came out with all these new expanded, like, like the, the galaxy or everything out there is bigger than they ever imagined. There's yep. all these things, galaxies, planets, like I'm not a astronomer by nature, but from what I've seen, my personal opinion is there's no, I don't think there's any possible way that in the known, whatever, we're the only intelligent life. Wait, what have you yep. seen? I've never seen anything. Oh, I thought you said based on what you've seen. Based on like the photos. I, like and photos oh, and oh, I, I thought we were about to get deep. No. Um, oh, but trust me, we, not to interrupt you, we had a guest on here who said his buddy has been to Jupiter. The so Jupiter, we'll get into yeah. that later. But we'll that's why we had, had to we had to double check. A little more down to earth. So yeah, yeah. Um, Pun intended. Yeah. With the rest of it. I guess when stuff like this happens, I often wonder why an iPhone hasn't caught an image mm -hmm. because we catch everything else, but these things we don't. So, so to that point real quick, and it would have been too much for Chris to upload the video. So I didn't send it to him. Um, Cause this cave was discovered, I said in the nineties. So it's actually open now. So if you said you've been to Vietnam before we went live, um, there is actually a viral video floating around 
um, in this cave where they this creature is like perking around the corner. I actually watched the video. It's pretty crazy. They're like in this cave and this creature looks out of the corner and it's got red eyes and then it looks away and like darts off. So there is a live video and it's Our actually guess. pretty decent footage. I looked at it again. Maybe it was somebody who, you know, made that video with technology, whatever. Um, but yeah, there is AI. a viral video, AI, whatever. There is a viral video going around. So you guys I would definitely check have out. to see something yeah. with my own eyes before giving yeah. judgment. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So your take is, yeah, UFOs could definitely be a possibility. No reptilian humanoids walking out of this cave. Uh, soldiers in Vietnam that saw these things are probably just full of shit. I mean, they were smoking a lot of weed back then. Um, and that's and that's your take, huh? Parts of that, yeah, sure. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> buddy, buddy, what's your take on all of this? I don't know that I've ever been so high on the marijuana that I saw reptilian. I'm just saying. Yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. looking at wrong shit. Yeah. I also can't uh, I can't wrap my mind around like like they're in the middle of like a pitch battle and like then some reptilian thing comes up, they grab its tail and it like snaps off and fucking it runs away. How the fuck does that work? The whole well, thing if, if 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 reptilians are actually aliens, because there is a there is a you know a thing of aliens that are not just the grays or the reptilians. And if you think about World War II, there were a lot of encounters with the Foo Fighters in the skies. They call them Foo Fighters. The U.S. call them Foo Fighters. The Germans call them Foo Fighters. Unidentified flying objects, UFOs back then, now UAPs, were always like around like areas that were hot. You know, like the shit was popping off and these Foo Fighters would be seen. So maybe if these reptilians are aliens, I'm not saying that that's the case. Big firefights, you know, these reptilians came out and a soldier saw them. To what? To watch? Or watch? <laughs> I don't know. What I'm I don't know. Like why don't would know. why would why would reptilian creatures that live underground come up and be like, "Damn, we've got to get a piece of this"? Like, yeah, yeah, right, I right. I didn't know that these Homo sapiens got down like this. Let's get our reptile on. Mm-hmm. That doesn't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, there's no abductions that are being claimed by these creatures. There's no like attacks or anything. You know, like you know, previous conspiracies that we've talked about. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So you're saying absolutely no go on the reptilians. Definitely, maybe some UFO activity possibly in these caves because these are pretty. I mean, I think, I think right? I think if I think if you're going to go with the UFOs going to the, the the location, then you can't discount that they're right. dropping off some reptile warriors. <laughs> you never know. Maybe it's a little like I I got no idea. I I really this one throw me further. Like uh, I would say probably probably there's something going on maybe. I feel like Vietnam's also got like maybe a, a vested interest in making a video where some lizard creatures popping around but not killing anybody. Like okay. maybe get some people to come to our caves Vietnam. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Nick, what's your take? Yeah, there's there's all kinds of uh, variables that come into play here, seeing as the cave was discovered in the nineties. Uh did you ever say like when the reports you said people were seeing weird things in Vietnam, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Now, I, I will go with the Trigger Joe excuse thing. Not the marijuana one, but let's not forget, some of these soldiers were doing straight heroin, right? Yeah. Like, that yeah. shit was there, you know? And, like, a lot, a lot of weird stuff. And if you're going to, like, you know, we all know that most of the enemies of the United States, when they face the Great War Machine, have to drug their soldiers up to fucking charge us because they know that there's lots of artillery and stuff coming at them, right? Uh, so, I mean, there could be a lot of weird stuff there, but I'm actually going to pull from the I'm going to put together my analysis from the audience with uh, both Rob and uh, I just read Rob's comment. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, the ancient aliens, 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so buddy, that's part of the reason why these aliens are just coming to check some shit out, right? Because this was at once their society. And, you know, maybe they were a little reptilian. And now I'm going to go with Rebecca's comment where she says they can't be any worse than the society we have now, right? Maybe this was all their design. And they figured they made a mistake by planting humans thousands of years ago or millions of years ago and realized, let's just put a bug into their head that makes them want to cut their dicks off because then they won't reproduce anymore. Right. And then so maybe that maybe these reptilians are starting to surface like, are they all dead yet? And then or they're not. What if what if what we think is oil and gas is actually lizard shit? They've got this crazy lizard shit, but now because or, they're trying not to use enough of it, they're like the, our houses are getting full of lizard shit. We need you guys to drive more cars. Yeah, I like they it. Don't I don't like it. I'm going to say they 100% exist. Okay. That these reptilians exist, but they're they're only surfacing more more now because they think that that we should all be dead now because we think it's okay to not follow actual science and procreate. And the so. reptilian thing is crazy because that's like the reptilian aliens are supposed to be the bad ones, I think, and they're the ones that are involved in. Like, have you guys seen the videos like where they show like people around like politicians and stuff that do the eye twitch thing. And they're like, that's a reptilian, like a shapeshifter and stuff. Those no. are all, yeah. Those are supposedly all like the reptilians. They're tied in with the Illuminati and all that crazy shit. That's a crazy rabbit hole to go down. Matt is clearly. We'll talk, maybe we'll talk about like that next time. Like what? What's going <laughs> what on? What the fuck did I get into? Like, like, are yeah. we seriously yeah. talking Listen, about reptiles? I'm okay. Yeah. He, he was in the army. He understands what's going on. This is Barrett's talk, trash talkers. Look, I just thought I got away from this. Yeah. yeah, but he was he was the guy that when the, crazy conver- when the crazy conversation went on, he was like, I'm going to the porta potty. I'll be back. <laughs> no, fuck this. Welcome to the dumpster fire, trash talkers. Okay, good take, Nick. Good take. Yeah, and then yeah. You know, Brian, Brian on the chat says, so what propels them so rapidly? Mm. Who, the, 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 the lizard people or the UFOs? Um, they don't have know. a all the, system. All the it's lizard- like unknown. Maybe all the lizard people stick their asses out of the fact that the fucking UFO would start wagging their tail. <laughs> Rebecca says they are amphetamines. Rebecca, you are absolutely, that's a good one. Yeah. You ever flown a plane on speed? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of our pilots used to actually, but uh, until they dropped the bomb on German soldiers, but it's fine. Yeah. Uh, it is what it is. All right. Well, hey, buddy, I've been waiting for an honesty cat for you for a couple of weeks. It's been a it's been it's been a busy couple of weeks when it comes to honesty cap. Like I'm legitimately confused as to what to talk about. Can I talk about, or do I talk about the fact that Budweiser thought that it would be a good idea to look a, a person who spent a whole 365 days as a woman on their can and has now lost billions and billions of dollars. Cause that's interesting. Honesty cap. It doesn't even matter if you agree with transvestites, if you don't agree with transvestites, if you if you're a homophobe or you're not a homophobe, it really doesn't matter. You should still be able to look at that with a business sense and be like, well, that was just fucking stupid. Like there's the risk to reward that you that you just went through for that was not even worth it. Who in their right mind would be like, you know what? Who drinks our product? Bunch of red bets. You know what we should get? They'll love some dude that's been a chick for 365 days. That'll be a thing they get behind. But just in a marketing standpoint, it's it's mind-boggling. 
mind boggling. Yeah, I, I just mean, think it's I think it's funny how everybody gets triggered though. Like we, you know, the right always talks about the triggered left, how they get triggered about everything. Now the right is like fucking the, the far right is extremely triggered by a freaking beer can. Like, well, no, cares, we've always you know? we've always been we've like, always been we've always been fair. It's just funny. That it's the just far funny. right and left have always got triggered. I was no, saying, Mark. I feel like I feel like it, it's it's not the beer can. It's everything in the last. Leading up probably to probably six yeah. months or a year that led up to the well, it depends game. on the individual. Well, because no, no, you got people, you got, you got people online that are like taking cans out to buying cans, buying them, purchasing them, and then taking them to the desert to shoot them. Like you well, fucking idiot, say, just don't buy the beer, buy different beer. You know, a, like a, a, you a, just a, wasted a, money. Like <laughs> they probably already had the beer. A, B, <laughs> while I agree with not consuming a product that you don't agree with the company on their moral stance for whatever it is. That's fine. Um, like, cool. What I no. don't understand is the over dramatization of your boycott. Like, why are you making a big deal out of like, oh, send this Bud Light to the fucking moon. Cause that's where I think Bud Lights go. I've made myself a $3 billion rock. Which call? Yeah. See now I think, I, I think that, uh, Bud, Budweiser took a chance thinking that, uh, you know, the majority of the far right, Dave, who you're talking about, are not the middle class conservatives. The far right are the guys that drink Bush Light. OK, so uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking I, I'm thinking they were taking a chance that those guys didn't know that Bush Light was actually an Anheuser product. Right. So I think they I think they went with that strategy. Um, and then I think the guy shooting the cans thought that they just put some hot pop star on the can saying, oh, well, whatever. And then all of a sudden, did you see what the Fox News said? That's dude. You know, and then they're like, hey, man, I can shoot these cans. Right. I, like, so there's a, there's a lot of things that are still going on. Um, Brian in yeah. the chat real quick says, is the beer can a diversion for something like the Chinese spy balloons? <laughs> we, haven't uh, heard about I, we haven't heard of those anymore. That's not a thing anymore. I, I I, yeah, much. You know, and I've, I've said this on the Book of World before, and it's like, if you want any movement to actually gain traction in the United States, all right, you have to secure white people's money. All right. That is the only way you're going to actually get traction on a movement. That's not one of them, right? That's one where like buddy's kind of hitting that where the majority of people who don't show up to vote, who are the middle-class white males, right? Cause they're just like, they have decent jobs. They really don't give a shit who's in power. Cause I think everybody's corrupt, you know? And it's like, now you're like all these this weird shit you're forcing down people's throats. It's like they're now they're starting to get upset, and you're not going to get any of that money. You're not going to get any of that support. Like it's just not coming. Like mm-hmm. you can't piss off the majority of your audience. Kind of like we went through in our startup as a company, where you know we've talked about it to some of our great moderators. So it's like, look, can't virtue single white people because guess who the majority of the army is? I guess who the majority yeah. of the DoD is. Right. So if you're going to hate white males, like uh, that's uh, the majority of our audience. So let's not let's not hate white males like that. Let's put it out there. But, yeah. No, no, it's all, in, the, in the end, you get to choose what you fucking want to be pissed off about and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know. And to me, like, I could care less. Like nobody in, in, in this instance is getting offended, like is getting physically hurt, you know, by this beer can. Like I have Bud Light in my fridge still. 
I don't like I don't like American beer anyway because I prefer German beer. But like if somebody hands me a Bud Light, if somebody hands me a Bud Light, I'm still drink it. I'm not like, oh my god, I can't touch this. Like, and for some of you that are watching the show right now, you know who I'm talking to. Yeah, because uh, you've been posting about it on Facebook, like showing your fridge that you no longer drink, and that's cool. But like, it just doesn't. I'm not affected by it in any way, shape, or form. Now I can right. choose to be affected by it because I have a personal choice in everything that I do, and well, I can choose not- to be triggered. The only thing I don't have a personal choice in is if I get hit by a car. That's not that a personal choice. You were born choice. with a dick, so uh, but uh, <laughs> so like- you know what I'm saying though. Like it's a personal <laughs> choice to get offended or not get offended. You know, right? You're I mean, you're right, but again, now you're talking about personal accountability, which for the majority of people who we're talking about don't believe in personal accountability. They yeah, yeah. believe that they are getting pushed to act that way. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. like on both sides, they don't think that it's their fault. It's like, no, it's your fault. Like, Sounds like a you're, personal problem. Correct, yeah, correct. you're you're angry yeah. about it. And I this kind of brings up a point of somebody who commented on the page uh, a couple of days ago on one of our ads for our shirts, the waterboarding shirts, right? And uh one guy got real mad and said that we uh we didn't deserve to wear the uniform because it's against the Geneva Convention to waterboard. It's a and funny shirt. It's Look. a funny fucking shirt, dude. And like, if you read the ad, it says it's not technically waterboarding if you use diesel, use diesel. right? So right. like, like it's literally just a joke. And I get it, like that triggered you, but now you're now you're going to start throwing insults at people who probably served a lot longer, fought a lot more wars than you. But we won't get into that. Like it's just you know. Whatever. And then somebody got there who's a top fan and said, now with this triggered pansy shirt, are we really helping veterans uh, that are suicidal? Um, yeah. Yes, we are. In fact, you can read the fucking reviews on what we do. We don't do anything to help veterans. Our community. So we yeah. give them the platform. Yeah. Right. And then the triggered pansy is about being accountable for yourself. Yep. Right. It's okay to get triggered. It's okay to have PTSD, obviously, because we all fucking have it. Right. But it's not okay for you to start becoming a douchebag to other people about it. That's your fault. Like you talking about what we do at our camps. Exactly. 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 Uh, it's called the segue. So, uh, you know, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's why I get to introduce the guest. It's my favorite part because Buddy's still too confused about his, you know, his gender, uh, why he's at this concert that people are drinking Bud Light at. Uh, and and they're not. They're not. They won't. Uh, they don't serve Bud Light. I figured, I, figured, <laughs> I figured that stuff that you're doing right now, buddy, is like not even on your level anymore. I figured you'd be at an opera or something this week. Yeah, you're all, you're you a know? bit bougie uh, lately. Like in suit and tie, like with that's your. Actually, that's actually in July. Thank you. <laughs> with your French girlfriend, you know, like. We, ha ha. Yeah. I just spoke French, no big deal. Um, we are all going to be in Italy, though, eventually, hopefully. They, one day they love it. They love it yeah. when I. Uh, they love it when I say. Jean, Jean, Jean. Yeah. <laughs> oui, 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 monsieur. He's a traveler, that's for sure. Uh, weren't you supposed to learn French in fifth group? No, I learned Arabic. Arabic, yeah, but uh, who's who has Africa? Uh, third group. Third group. Okay, so, so they they learn a little bit of French there, uh, but anyways. I get the, the, just the privilege to introduce Matt, who was introduced to me via Dan Dexter. Now, you want to talk about somebody who gets triggered super easily on a golf course. It's Dan Dexter. All right. Uh, and I, and I, I hope he's watching because he hits the ball like a pro. Like, he went to the University of Illinois. Like, he like, smashes the ball. And I'm sitting here as I'm playing with him wondering, like, how is this guy not on the PGA Tour? 
And then I see his first bad shot, and it's an absolute fucking meltdown. Like a five-year-old who you just took their favorite toy away. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. He can't handle pressure. Uh, but so, Dan, thanks for the contact because as Dave and I proved last week with, uh, you know, Paul and uh, Curbs coming out to play is golf, in my opinion, is always my escape. Always has been. Uh, I've gotten a lot better at it since I retired. But even when I was bad You're at good, it, dude. I just, I, I just loved I just loved being outside and I loved doing it with my military buddies, yeah. uh, golfed all the time. We were never any good. A couple of them were, but like, we just got to hang out. We got to shoot the shit for four to five hours. Right. No, like the wives are all mad at us because the cleanest four letter word that'll piss a wife off for fucking three days is golf. Right. So as soon as you mention it, it's like, shit, you know, and it's like, you just, you might there have, may have been some of those conversations the other day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but Matt, let's give a little background on our guest here. Um, you know, he's started this nonprofit, next18.org, uh, and he was a he was a redheaded stepchild of the 82nd. He was a Sky Soldier, all right, 173rd Airborne. Uh, and I mean, we would have known that he at least we knew he was airborne because again, airborne Marines, Rangers, like we, this first thing out of our mouth, right? It's what we are. Um, but. Oh, buddy, your phone is dying fast. Okay, we're tracking. Um, <laughs> but what I what I really wanted to know was when you read the article that he shared with me, was it from WebMD? It yeah. says, "Here's a picture of you in Afghanistan. Yet you were obviously suited up for a T11 jump, Hollywood." So, uh, not quite sure that was Afghanistan WebMD. All right, but uh, <laughs> the 173rd Hollywood. That's how badass the 173rd yeah, is. They're, they're like they're like even, we don't even need guns. We've got uh, we've got MRE spoons and parachutes. Let's go fuck these dudes up. But anyways, hey, welcome to the dumpster fire, Matt. It's a pleasure. Tell us a little bit about your service. Uh, tell us about the next18.org and what it's done for you and what you got going on. Uh, floor is yours, homie. Awesome. Guys, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. To everyone listening, thank you. Um, I'm Matt McDonald. I live in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm 39 years old. Uh, I was in the army from 11 to at the end of 15, medically retired, uh, spent most of my career in Germany, uh, with the 173rd, uh, 191 Cav, uh, all over Germany and then deployed with them, moved to another base after that, um, did 12 or nine months in Afghanistan from 12, 13 in, uh, Tangy Valley, uh, Logar province. Um, our my time in service was relatively good. I was single when I was overseas. I got to travel a lot, see a lot of uh, Europe. That really expanded my worldview. Um, as you've read in that story on WebMD, um, I got out of my deployment. And I didn't really think anything was wrong. And then I noticed guys that were higher rank than me starting to sneak off uh, to launch duel, which was like four hours away from where we were stationed. And um like going to a TBI clinic and I didn't really understand what that was. And we were in this op tempo where when we came back, half the unit was uh, ETSing, half was moving from Schweinfurt to Grafenvir. Uh, not a lot of leadership around because everyone was moving. And I just started noticing like I, I wasn't sleeping. Uh, I wasn't sleeping. I was starting to have like jaw pain and, and migraines and the op tempo was through the roof. And I just assumed that that's what it was. 
Uh, and when I finally started opening it up about like the migraines and things like that, within like four months, I went from being in the military, moved to a WTU. Uh, wow. in yeah. And that, I don't really talk about that 12 month period. That was probably one of the worst periods of my life. Like being in the WTU was uh, miserable. It was basically like feeling like a guinea pig for 12 months, um, being run through at the hospital, all different types of medications, all different types of appointments. I'm fortunate enough that when I was there, the TBI clinic was like at, in its heyday. Uh, and there was some really amazing doctors there that really took care of myself and uh, a lot of the guys from my unit. And 12 months later, I was medically retired, uh, moved back to uh, Milwaukee. I was happily married, started a lawn and snow business, uh, used my GI Bill to get my my bachelor's and then my MBA. Um, I thought I was doing everything good, right? You know, I think we all kind of get out and we think we're good. Uh, and then that was at the end of 15. Things kept going. Business was growing. Uh, marriage was fine, I guess. I was on Ambien and Diazepam. Uh didn't really know what I was taking. I was just listening to my doctors. And in mid 18, I think that was when they made the really big push, like the opiate or the, uh, the benzos. Uh, I just remember my mental health provider at the VA saying like, Hey, you know, I think we're identifying that these are worse than opioids. The VA is really making this push. Let's start getting you off of this. And my partner at the time was a registered dietitian and she was very, very on the holistic side. And she was like, you know, if you're going to come off one, one, you come off both. And I said, okay. Um, doctor's titration plan was you can take a half a dose of each for two weeks and stop cold Turkey. Uh, I had gone from five milligrams of each up to 20 milligrams of each every day over three and a half years. And I'm not sure if a lot of people are familiar with titrating rapidly off of, uh, benzos, but, the side effects are basically like death. So uh, 14 days into cold turkey, I thought about eating a bullet. I put a gun pretty close to my mouth. Uh, my employees were off working. My wife was at work. And I, um, when I put the gun in my mouth, the thought that was going through my head was, I don't want to die, but if this is the pain that I'm going to experience coming off these meds, I also don't want to live. Um got through it. I don't know what got me through got it. Got through it real quick. Cheers to that. Got through it. Thank Cheers you. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. It's still weird to talk about it, even though I feel like I have it. Good. You don't realize how many lives you're saving just talking about this right now, brother. Just um, your thing. I called my, my TBI doctor in Germany and she said, uh, like I, I was hysterical. I don't really remember it, but she basically was like, you know, you were hysterical. You, you were not coherent. And she asked me, what had changed recently? And I said, I came off this med and she said, I'm pretty sure you're going through severe withdrawals. Like it's against my medical opinion, but like go take one of the pills. And five minutes later I was back to normal. Um, it subsequently took two years to get off these meds, like milligram by milligram of each, you know, three or four weeks at a time, cut down a dose, go through withdrawals, even out and just keep going. Um, in the meantime, so this was like, 2018 to 2020, uh, my, my wife left, um, she wasn't prepared for it. I wasn't prepared for it. So if I'm not prepared for it, she's not prepared for it. She checked out. Um, I had to sell the business. 
I, at this point I had three, three crews operating full time. I had nine employees. It was, you know, salvage something out of this to a take care of myself, but also to make sure I don't have to like just can nine people, nine humans. Um, and somehow I finished my, my MBA. Um, while I was going through all of that, I, uh, I'm sure you guys have heard of Semper Fi Fund. Mm-hmm. So I was connected with them because of my disability rating and all of that going through combat. Um, they reached out maybe in like 19 and they were doing a lot of this rec therapy stuff. And I said, you know, all right, something inside me said I needed to get back out. I've been playing golf my whole life. So I was like six years old. I hadn't touched a golf club for 10 years. Um, because there's not a lot of golf courses in Germany. And when you get out, your focus is on like setting up a life for yourself. So I went on the trip. I wasn't ready to go on the trip, but I'm glad I went on the trip. I subsequently went on like four more trips with them over the next 18 months. I learned how to uh, sail in Seattle. I went skiing in Aspen. Nice. And I went to two other golf camps. Semper Fi will always have a very close place to me because of what they got me through in the moment. As I started to come out of my own shit, what I started noticing was there's all these individuals that are at this, this point in their journey. And for most of us, it's just that isolation. How do we get out of the isolation? When I was going to these camps, it was great that it was a vacation and a chance for me to reconnect with humanity I wanted more like I wanted to go home and have like learned something, something that's going to help me in life. So it wasn't just a four day vacation. Again, I'm not knocking these organizations. There's other ones that I went to. I kind of just watched what worked and what maybe I thought didn't work or what could have been added onto it. And if your wheelhouse is just rec therapy, it's just going to be rec therapy, right? We're not going to get into mental health and that's fine. I wanted to get into the mental health too, because what I went through, I had no resources. I had no one to talk to. I didn't even know how to talk to my friends. Um, So in 2021, after working at this golf course, after I sold my business for a year and a half, just kind of like getting myself back, um, I ran two proof of concept camps uh, up at Fire Ridge in Grafton. Nick, I'm sure you know where that is. You used yeah. to be the of Wisconsin. They allowed me to run this these two camps basically free. Um, they charged me very little. I bootstrapped everything. I used everything I had learned from my my MBA and owning this other business to like start this other thing. And it was a resounding success. We had 20, 20 participants come through. Um, and since then we've it's I can't even use the term like snowball because it has been massively out of control with its growth and its expansion. Um, we're less than 20 months into this now. We've had seven camps, uh, nice. seven planned this year. And when I say camps, I'm talking like we're at uh, TPC Sawgrass, uh, Aaron Hill, Sand Valley, Kohler. Um, we're at some of the best courses in the country and our participants, vets and first responders, get to come to these camps basically free of charge minus like right now transportation to and from and caddy fees. And our, our whole thing is it's a four day golf camp. So if you've ever gone to a golf camp or you've ever gone to a sports camp, it's literally that sport just being fed to you for four days straight. We also include four to six hours of mental health resource education each day. So we do things like introduce yoga, breath work, mindfulness, and meditation, um, 
Reiki, journaling. We do a lot of group therapy conversations, a lot of stuff around like self-sabotage, emotional numbing, the things that we do when we get out because we don't want to deal with our emotions. We don't know what's going on. You know, you guys talk about triggers. I often, you know, one of the biggest things we teach is why don't we figure out where those triggers are coming from so you can gain a little control over them so you don't melt down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm not tying that into like political stuff, but at, at its core, my focus and my organization's focus is really addressing core issues. And as vets and first responders, it's drilled into our heads, you know, all of these stereotypes, you know, and all of these messages and all of these things to do a job when you're in war. And it is very successful at doing what it does in war. But I was in Afghanistan for nine months when I was like 28 years old. I'm 39 now. I don't think I'm ever going to go to war again. There's, there's no real work on the back end to like assimilate us back into the population. And we're really trying to do that. Change the quality of life, impact people so that they can have conversations with their loved ones, their, their family, their friends, their coworkers, uh, and really get the resources to vets and first responders that they're desperately lacking. Yeah, and uh, wow. I think you wow. that, that, yeah. that's yeah, wow, yeah, good. Stuff. I mean, yeah, it's in in its entirety, real quick. Just like having the you know, obviously the experience of playing golf and stuff, the fun aspect. Then you mentioned like you want to learn something too. You know, so then tying in the, the mental health stuff into that program and just making it a what I think you said four day thing in its entirety. Like that's that's amazing, man. This I'm is, sorry that was so long, but I get no, like, no, no, you. That that was great. Go ahead. Yeah, you, I'm got, sorry. you got you got to yeah. talk about what it's what it's all about. Yeah. And uh, for for those of you watching, um, you know, I, I you know we start brainstorming when our guests talk about like, you know, I, I well I do I start brainstorming about how does this relate to a lot of our audience who maybe doesn't golf. Yep. You know, and it's but it's the if you pay attention to what he said about you know I learned how to sail. Uh, you know, then you, you know, you did the golf, you did the golf camps, you ain't golfed in 10 years. Uh, it's, it's getting yourself active again. It's getting yourself to get outside of where you do catastrophize, where you do fall into those thinking traps. It's like, get out of there, right? Go, go find some place, go find your Zen, right? Go find, go find what it is. And, you know, I, I make a joke. It's like you see people lose their temper on the golf course, like Paul, you know, break his two hundred dollar putter. But um, you know, He's it's like watching, yeah, Paul. What the hell? I, I I lose my temper a lot more at home than I do on a golf course, and it's like where it's like I go to the golf course to fucking relax, like, like you said, yeah, yeah. This is this is this is where I'm at. Um, but yeah, you like the triggers thing is another good point, and. Maybe you could share a couple of uh, success stories and or not successful stories about where people where you where you see that growth, where you see just in four days where somebody actually identifies their demon. Because we have we, we have that saying that says, you know, on veteran trash talk is get the demon out because the demon belongs to you. Right. I can't pull that demon out of you. I can do everything I can to help you identify it, but you got to get it out. And then we all together can crush it, right? That's what VTT is all about is, you know, but that, that again, that's where people start to get triggered where you got to own it, right? That's your demon. You get it out, right? And then we'll help you with it. But uh, give it, do you have any stories of like where you, like where you see that, you know, obviously you don't have to name anybody, but like where you see them come almost full circle of like, 
Yep, that's me. I'm that asshole. And real quick in the chat, Amanda, and I was going to say this earlier, which is amazing too. Thank you for including first responders as well. Because they're often forgotten. You know, we've had a lot of first responders on here, police, oh, book them. everything. Yeah, good old book them. And, and they talk about the mental health crisis that uh, police officers face and the, the lack of mental health. And it, it's just, just, and they're in their streets and their hometowns every day putting on the uniform, you know. Going so war shout day. out to Some your someplace. shout out to your organization that's, you know, literally taking care of them as well. Because I think often they're forgotten. We deploy then we come back and then it's over, you know, they're, they're doing the damn thing every day. So I talk to a lot of people about that. And I, I often like if, if we've been more and more being put in front of uh, media and, and, and funders and things like that, 99% of the time people introduce me as Matt and Matt takes care of first res- or veterans. And I have to say, and first responders, they're literally percent of what we support. I think my, the, the biggest way that I can convey there's two things here is the first is like, I'm never going to go back to war. Like I said, more than likely, right. but if you're an EMS worker, like that guy that the team that had to pick up DeMar Hamlin at that football game, that was probably like the 25th time that they had to pick somebody up that day. And all those people were probably not alive when they were picking up and they do that day after day, year after year, they live in the same community. And one of the huge things we educate on is moral injury. That's a lot of morally injurious, like stuff that you're dealing with Mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have my physical triggers from Afghanistan ever again. Oh, Chris, I love you too. Uh, God, so you guys couldn't hear that, but uh, what the hell just happened? Yeah, don't worry, don't worry. Nobody else could hear that, but Chris uh, didn't have his bike muted. Uh, so the other thing I wanted to say, talking to his cat, yeah. The the success stories have so we've had seven camps now. We've had seventy four participants. I think we've had something like fifteen states come. We've got nineteen states coming this year. The success stories speak for themselves, even from the ones that I don't hear, because we have done almost no advertising it is all word of mouth it's force multiplication i know you know what i'm talking about down there oh oh yeah um and that's what i want this to be right like not everyone's gonna golf got it fine but between vets and first responders in this country there's enough people that are gonna want to come to the camps the hope is that one or two of them from a department or from a unit or or from your unit that you deployed with comes and gets the resources and something resonates and they go home and they share it with you and you and you know and it just keeps going. But I've had, we got a guy now who, before he came to a camp, literally like the week before, him and his wife were ready to get divorced. Like paperwork was in hands, it was happening. He had not flown on a commercial flight since getting out, I wanna say in 10 years. The anxiety and every everything else just couldn't get on a plane. Since coming to our camp uh, seven months ago, in, no, in December, he came with us to our first traveling camp down to the World Golf Village in Florida. He got on a plane. I didn't know because I was like, hey, I need a volunteer. And he volunteered. So he got on this plane, went down. He's now going through peer support certification. He's basically done. Uh, he travels. He travels with his wife. The marriage is back to good. Um and he's force multiplying with me. He's he's nice. what I did, and now he's learning it, and he's helping other brothers and sisters. Um, we do something on the last day, like each day is gradual building building up, but also going deeper into the muck. Um, all the camps kind of have this trajectory, right? Like day one, everybody's like, 
what the hell am I doing here? Why yeah, what, what did I get myself into? I want it yeah. just to be golf, but I don't think this is just going to be golf. And inevitably within the first six hours, somebody just needed that outlet and they dump. And one by one, they see that dumping from the guys and the women around them. And it just, it, the, the spigot opens and the final ex exercise on the last day is just myself and the participants <clears throat> out on a driving range, no cameras. And one by one, they have 10 minutes that they just need to dump stuff. And I've heard everything from childhood sexual trauma to I was the only uh, the only survivor when my Humvee got hit with an RPG, all, all of it. Um, and I hold space for that. I'm, I'm there for these people and because uh, these people are me. These people need to know that they're loved and that, you know, we're all human. You know, we can stand here and make these statements about like all this stuff that we want. But at the end of the day, we're all human and these things are normal and like systemically not addressing mental health has gotten us where we're at. So. It seems like a, a really common sense equation. You know what I mean? Like the, the holy trinity of what <laughs> veterans and first responders need, like something you enjoy doing a group of people that share that same enjoyment and then add to that, that same group of people have some of the same stories and traumas and everything else that you have. It's, I mean, there's no better place to open up and uh, get things out than with somebody that you're safe with because you have the same experience. Yeah. You all speak the same language. Like we always call it the warrior language and you know, yeah, that's, there's a lot of commonalities with vets and first yep. responders. And yep. so like to preface everything, what I'm about to say, I'm two weeks away from my master's in social work. I used voc rehab, went back in. A lot of the clinical stuff that I've learned is like, and I've heard in group air environments with vets is this mindset of nobody's going to understand me. If you're not a vet, you're not going to understand me. And if you were in combat and someone wasn't, they're not going to understand you. And that's fine. That's if that's how you want to believe, that's fine. I'm going to challenge your your perspective on the world by putting a cop in a camp with you who's been involved in a shooting. Because now now here's this whole other subsection of the population that experienced what you've experienced on some level. Your your tent is like opening up. It's getting bigger. And if I can change your perspective there, the hope is that you go home and you start changing other people's perspectives. And all, yeah, all, you know, just talk, literally just talk. Yeah, there's cops that have taken someone more lives than 90% of the infantrymen in combat, you know? And, and and then again, we call people pogues or, you know, even like, think about like a drone pilot. Oh, you've never even left the United States. So that dude's killed like 200 people, right? And you don't think that they think about that? Yeah. Um, and then you talk about firemen and the stuff that they see, Ooh. all right? Like where it's like, they're all their sole purpose in life is one to like, you know, there are a lot of times they're the, they're the paramedics going out on just normal like car accidents and you know, victims they, and just, like, oh, yeah, just, but just, you know, we've all felt, a lot of us have felt this. I know I have sometimes where you feel helpless in a combat situation where you wish you could go, you know, especially when you have, you know, troops in contact, it's one of your sister platoons and you know, you're like, why can't we go? Like, why are they not telling us to get out there right now? Right? You feel so freaking helpless. Hey, think about a fireman who knows that there's people in there and they can't get in there. 
right? And that's their sole freaking purpose for it. Like, that's like, I got to think, I would just assume I have to, like, probably have to bring some firemen out here. Um, and a fire department coffee obviously is going to come out, but maybe one day they gave us free coffee, but maybe one day they'll come out and, uh, you know, and, and talk about it. Um, but for those watching, uh, and for you, Matt, how do people donate to you? And get a hold of you, and yeah, how, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, and also, again, get out of your comfort zone because if you're struggling right now, and I'm talking to a lot of you watching, if you're struggling right now but don't want to get out of your comfort zone, well, you're going to continue to struggle, right? So, so maybe get out of your comfort zone and go try golf. Yeah, doing the same thing go every golf. day, yeah. expecting different results is a definition of insanity. insanity. Like you got to yeah. do something. So yeah, this man, program I, just sounds amazing. Like I want to honestly, like I'm down to do it. Maybe we can do a VTT trip out to one of the events and everything. I would. I mean, it's just this sounds this sounds great. But anyway, yeah. Where can people reach you? How do they sign up? You know, if somebody wants to donate to the organizations, you know, just tell us a little bit about that. So it's next18.org, um, next18.org. We are. We're in the process right now over the next six weeks, we've been putting together some material and we're really making this big national push for um, monthly donors. We've been fortunate enough to have a board member that's really awesome in the corporate space, getting us large donations. Um, the focus right now is really, let's start building out that monthly donor base. I'm talking five, 10, 15, $25 a month donations. Even if we're bringing in five to $10,000 a month, just right there, we can start budgeting. We can start growing out the organization. Um, the growth has been exponential. So we've really had to focus on while this thing is the front facing model is growing and camps are coming in. We've got more participants that want to come. We do need to make sure that we're building the board and building the organization properly because at the rate we're going technically with three states this year, holding camps, we're a national nonprofit. Um, the only way that's going to happen is if we build the stuff out properly, take the mental health seriously, which is vitally important. Uh, and just, you know, really focus on the mission and grow it properly. So um, donations are always going to help. We've been fortunate enough in the last three months, the PGA tour is starting to get behind what we're doing. The LPGA. Nice. All, um, they're not partnerships yet or anything like that, but we're, we're actively working with them to see what it looks like. Um, maybe there's talks where like the PGA hope instructors come and they do all the instruction at the camp and we just oh, do nice. that. Oh, that'd be very cool. Yeah. 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 So there's been a like literally every week I wake up and I'm like, my God, what just happened? Like these, these things are happening and all I want to do is keep growing the organization that so I can keep impacting these lives. We've had, I took a call on Super Bowl Sunday. One of my alumni had a, a firearm in his mouth and I was able to talk him down from that. Uh, and then we handed him off to Cohen Veterans Network, who we met. And he might not be here if I didn't take that call, right? Um, the model can be scalable. The only thing is because we're dealing with mental health, because there's um, there's that whole component of it, you know, next year we could do 20 camps. The funding's there realistically, I think, in the interest, but the mental health needs to be spot on because while it is a small part of the whole thing, it's the most important part. Uh, yeah, so and, when these organizations hear that, they're good with that and they understand that. Yeah, I was going to ask if you had the PGA Tour helping out yet at all uh, or the LPGA. 
But again, for those of you watch who don't understand golf, the courses that he's mentioning are oh, courses yeah. that you got to make, you know, a lot of significant amount of money to go play. Top 10. Uh, yeah. And, you know, my brother for my 40th birthday took me to Aaron Hills. Right. And I was still active duty. And so I got the military discount. It was 375 bucks for the caddy. Right. Like, the, like so nobody, nobody's going to go spend that kind of money to play a course like that if they don't know how to golf. So not only do you, uh, and then what's different is like, I'm a big fan of Salutes Military Golf Association, uh, you know, where if you're around one of their courses, they get you six lessons, they get you clubs. Um, if you're around one of their organizations, you get to actually, you know, use their pros there when anytime you want with your family as well. But what's unique about you guys when I picked up, and there might be other organizations doing it, but I haven't heard it yet, especially not in the golf community, is you are bringing that mental health aspect to it, where it actually is a camp, right? And you go there and you just find that brotherhood, that sisterhood of of, of shared knowledge. And I do want to get on the the, the thread here was something that Amanda said was, she, you know, she said, I think it's just, you know, fear of looking crazy or, or inevitable to judgment. Um, that's correct. A lot of, a lot of uh, first responders and warriors are worried about that. And that's why, you know, we try, especially at Veteran Trash Talk, to show you that, no, it's not okay to, to, to hide it. Um, you know, it's, it's better to let it out. It's better to talk about it. It's better to face the judgment, right? Face yeah. the judgment. If you're being an asshole, face the judgment. Yeah. Face uh, it. <laughs> and I think as a veteran, like, I think the judgment is, I think it's way more with the veteran community. Um, first responders, they're facing being fired and losing their job if they speak up, you know, about mental health because their programs are just, they're shitty. Excuse, excuse my French, but they're just horrible. So when they speak up, like a police officer said, I'm going through some mental health issues, he might be losing his job. And then what? At least from the veteran side of the house, I feel like we're getting a lot better from where we were, you know, 15 years ago, 16 years ago, when it when, when it comes to seeking help and, and being treated and not like being kicked out of the military right away. I mean, we've had pilots on here that have said it, it's changed where they can get help. I forgot who the pilot was. I think it might have been one of Buddy's friends. I think, Nick, I think you know who I'm talking about. But no, the one guy. Yeah, he mentioned mental yeah, health. But then they still let him, yeah, they still let him fly then later on where – before that was a big no-no, so I think we're we're doing a lot better. But yeah. you know, again, for for uh, those of you watching, before you go, Matt, for those of you watching, if you're thinking about donating to a nonprofit, like I said, if you donate to this nonprofit, they are taking people on unbelievable experiences. Yeah, for, especially if they like golf, like unbelievable ones. So it's definitely definitely worth the the juice if you want to give some money up. So go ahead, Matt. It's worth, we do get, they, the courses have been extremely amazing with us. Uh, we're not paying $375 a round. We're getting really good rates to give these individuals these opportunities. Um, what you were saying though, before about like mental health and speaking, one of the things that we educate or, or trauma, uh, one of the things that I try to educate, uh, and I come in from this elevated peer support, right? With a little bit of the clinical background that I have. Trauma is trauma. And at the end of the day, whether you're a civilian and you got in a fist fight or you were a soldier and you were in a uh, IED explosion and 10 people died, the body does this. You know, if any of you have ever read the book, The Body Keeps Score, literally physiologically, our body does the same thing. Trauma is trauma. Yeah. And when people start talking at our camps, 
we're like the low hanging fruit. We're the, the lowest rung on, on the ladder. If you can talk around us and you see that the, the sky is not falling and the world is not ending, the hope is that like in the military muscle memory, I'm up, he sees me, I'm down. You learn how to do it in a comfortable environment so that when you really need to do it with, you know, your spouse, like some of my campers that have not told their partner about some of the stuff from combat and they've been married for 12 years, do it with us, see that you can get through it, learn how to breathe through it, learn how to identify the triggers, learn how to stay in the fight so that then you can have that conversation with your spouse and hopefully things get better and it's less likely to be a meltdown. Love it. Uh, amen to that. Uh, yeah, getting a lot of a lot of good comments on the chat. Yeah. Um, yeah. One last hey, thing. Matt, you one, said- thing. one last thing. Sorry, I cut you all Go off. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. One of the things that I try to like educate is when, if we're always focused on this one thing, this incident that happened, right? There's a lot of times where like, it's really hard to go over this clinically right now, but I would advise people to look up moral injury, um, look up the emotion wheel. Uh, these are little takeaways you can take away from this right now. Uh, moral injury, the emotion wheel or the feelings wheel, a lot of the times, the things that trigger us, if we're able to, the more you start paying attention to your triggers, you're probably going to see that usually the same two or three things are always triggering you. So for me, it was always um, helplessness. I was able to figure out that it was helplessness. Mm-hmm. I look back into my childhood programming, a lot of the stuff with like my stepfather was helpless in the moment. The one incident when a soldier died out of a couple that died that resonated with me was the one that I had to sit back and listen to because I wasn't out fighting. Helpless. You can have 10 bracelets. You can have 20 guys that died with you. Typically, what I've seen from soldiers and veterans is something is resonating with them. And more often than not, it's tied to that trigger. And if you really start looking at an emotion wheel, there's secondary and primary emotions. Vets are, you know, men in general are typical, typically go to anger. It's the easiest emotion. It's the easiest thing to get out because we don't know how to regulate our emotions anymore. Really start looking at where it's coming from. And I'm not invalidating the anger, right? Whatever you're feeling. But if you start paying attention, and this is what we teach, you can really start to understand what your triggers are, the root causes of them. And we give exercises like breathing, journaling, starting to pay attention to this stuff, bringing it out into the ether. You really start to control your life again and you get you back. Um, I don't know. That's uh, it, it's important for us to get that across. Like, I know you don't want to talk about this stuff and sometimes talking about it is the worst thing in the world. But I promise you, the more you talk about it, the easier it gets. And I really think the lately I've been seeing just from everything and I'll stop in a minute. Vietnam veterans, I think, really learned how to advocate in general, right? You know, now we've got this, the PACT Act got passed, the burn pits and everything. That took like decades, maybe not decades, 10 years. I don't know what it was, but it, it's a long time. Didn't take as long as Asian Orange did. Right. Vietnam yeah. veterans learned from what I've seen to just advocate in general. They didn't know what direction to go, and that's fine. They learned like to advocate. And then... Post 9-11, I think we're, we, we saw that. And I think our like azimuth is shooting right at mental health, right? And I think our generation is really learning like 
we got to take care because there's going to be another war inevitably five years from now or 50 years. Are we preparing the next generation to be able to handle it? And, I, you know, for me, my mission is giving the resources to people so that they can get through life. Very nice. Very nice. Um, well, you guys got anything else for Matt? No, dude, well, I love I was, it. I was going to ask you uh, earlier, Matt, you said the, uh, the business model or, or like the nonprofit model is scalable. Is it transferable also? Like, so you're having a lot of success with golf, and there are a lot of other, like, take somebody deer hunting or take somebody fishing or take somebody to do whatever, but it's just going on the outing, just like you said. There's really no mental health. Like, I mean, other than hanging out with people that have the same stories or whatever and the same vocabulary, there's really no, there's what you're talking about is different than, than the rest of them. Is there any way to transfer that model over to you? Like say somebody wants yeah, to help, yeah. but they, but they, but they're not into golf. They're into something else. Yeah. So that's partially why I'm, that's partially why I went back to school. First of all, A, at every camp, every day, we have some clinical facilitator come in to educate on stuff that I'm not comfortable educating on. But also, I'm trying on the back end of what I'm doing with my degree and some other stuff and like going into private practice with counseling and things like that. How can I be a pilot program for someone that does want to do like rock climbing or they want to do biking or, or kayaking, right? Like, let me give you a rough diagram go to school, get, get the education, get like, I never thought I'd be a social worker. I'm two weeks away from having a social work degree. I've learned to channel this inner, this inner firestorm that I've had my whole life into like good and using it for advocacy. And like, now I'm a social worker. So there, there's ways to do it. There are paths to do it. Um, and I think that, you know, that's another important thing. We're, we're all learning how to like, how can we force multiply? I know I keep saying that, but how can we make, how can I make 10 of me? Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and, we definitely, uh, and uh, I think where buddy's going with, we need to connect you with a lot of the people we've had on the show that do the rock yeah. climbing. They do the fishing. They do the hunting. We are the force you know? multipliers. We are the force yeah. multiplier, <laughs> but they, yeah, a lot like, of them don't the offer. To transfer yeah, go ahead, buddy. The yeah. It's the ability yeah. to transfer the information. You know yep. what I mean? Like, yep. And that's what we're all figuring out. Like, I think you're right. Our generation is, is laser focused on mental health, but we're also laser focused on like not getting pills out of our fucking minds every time we turn around yeah. um, that we can't, we can't fill our way out of this. We have to actually do some hard work. Um, but and we're all trying to figure it out in different avenues, but just like, you know, back in the day, if, if a pandemic happened, you know, there would have been a bunch of hospitals that were coming up with different treatments and they would have shared that information and it would have gone out and everybody would do the same thing. If we're, we're in the process of there's a bunch of people doing different, you know, the same, have the same end goal, but doing it in different ways. Like how do we get all those to share what's working and what's not working so that other people don't have to go through the same shit? Right. Like to bring everybody together and just brainstorm in a big room with like hundreds of different organizations. These are the things that are working, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah impressive, so, man. I, I love everything you talked about, man. And just hats off to you um, and for everybody that's watching us specifically just talking about your story and where you are at now. You know, um, we've had several that have come on the show and they've talked about their story where they were. And thank God you're still with us. You know, that is that is very impactful, man. Believe me. Yeah. Somebody's going to watch this or somebody's watching it right now in the chat. and They're like, Ooh, you know, I, I might have just been there yesterday or I was there a while ago or. I'm thinking about going there, but 
proofs in the yeah. pudding, man. Like you can you can make it out of it, and you can keep on pushing forward. You know, right? So so a little a little AAR. Okay, there are uh, there are reptilian people in Vietnam. <laughs> and uh they are when they are 100 percent coming out of their caves to see if we're all dead yet because they have implanted in us this idea that we should chop our genitals off and change sexes and not be able to reproduce um so that that was the beginning of the show uh but then we got into the great story with matt and again like dave just hit uh thank you for sharing your story and again like buddy was uh getting to is we at veteran trash talk we're not like us on the screen are not the answer, but the community that we've created that is run by veterans, that run by first responders as well, um, is we are that segue to where if you have an issue, we know where we can send you, all right? And this is just another tool. This is another place that if you're having an issue and somebody says, well, what do you like to do? What do you used to like to do? Well, I used to like to golf. Well, I got somebody for you, yeah. all right? And then, uh, you know, we, we, we send them that way. Uh, and again, if you're true selfless service, which the majority of, you know, people who joined up are at, at some point in their life, they decided to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Uh, you, you understand that you don't get to make people accept you, right? Especially if you're doing something that's, you know, you don't get to make people accept you. Well, Matt's got the volume on, uh, you don't, you don't, you don't. If you if you're crazy, which I'm crazy, right? I I I suffer from anxiety, anger management issues. Um, you know, I don't. People don't need to accept that. Okay, they don't. My family doesn't have to accept it. Dave doesn't have to accept it. I'm the one that has to hold that. All right. So again, if you're watching this as a civilian or a veteran who thinks that other people are responsible for your demon, they're not. Okay. You're responsible for it, but we do understand that that demon is there. It's fucking kicking your ass, right? And it's still kicking mine sometimes. And I gotta, I gotta get away. Uh, Matt's done a great job of providing a space where people can get away and they can open up. And then again, hopefully they, uh, hopefully that they become those. Uh, um, when I say uh, force, uh, force multipliers, right? So that uh, we can uh, again, seventy-seven thousand veteran nonprofits. Let's figure out how we can all get people to the right places and doing the right things. Okay. Last yeah. words to Matt before Facebook uh, closes this out. Yeah. If if you look up one day and you can't remember the last time you were happy, or you know you don't see that light at the end of the tunnel, it's probably time to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. Uh, someone wants to hear you ask for help. Awesome. Love it. Rebecca in the chat, Matt, she's saying she's definitely going to get in touch with you. Uh, she wants to look into all this stuff. Rob, you guys are all about 20 years younger. Yeah. Rob, wasn't Rob in Panama Operation Just a Couple? Yeah, Rob, I think, Rob right? was a ranger, I think, that jumped yeah, in yeah. Panama. I don't know. I, I've learned yeah. so much. It wasn't no 173rd high jump with yeah. the spoon, though. Brian says, awesome show, accountability. <laughs> Rebecca says, best show I've seen so far. Thank you so much. So thanks for everybody that's tuning in. If you tuned in late, make sure you go to VeteranTrashTalk.com. Check out all of our links to YouTube, Spotify, all that stuff. Give us a thumbs up, a like. Go to GruntWorksClothing.com or Shop.VeteranTrashTalk.com where we sell this awesome merch. 
and, and obviously you're going to talk about the hoodie, I guess, here in a second. We sell, sell a lot more if we put them on our we store. We sell a lot more. Yeah, you can put it on our store too. And we can talk about that after the show. But uh, yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in and we'll catch you guys next Saturday.